Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Analytics Show, the podcast that helps you get better at marketing analytics. This podcast is brought to you by Supermetrics. Over half a million marketers use Supermetrics to move data from popular marketing platforms such as Facebook, Google Analytics, and HubSpot to their favorite analytics, reporting, and data warehouse tools, including Google Sheets, Excel, Google Data Studio, Google BigQuery, and more. Give Supermetrics a spin and start your 14-day free trial at supermetrics.com. I'm your host, Anna Shutko, and today our guest star is Lee Feinberg, a president at DecisionViz. In this episode, you'll learn why every team should invest in increasing their level of data literacy, what the design to act framework is and how companies can apply it, as well as how every team member can help make data literacy one of the key aspects of the company culture. I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Hello, Lee, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Anna. Great to be here. Yes, I'm super excited about this episode. We have another very, very interesting topic, which is all about data literacy this time. So we're going to talk a lot about how companies can improve their data literacy. And Lee is going to share his design to act framework with us. So my first question to you, Lee, is... Why should every company invest in improving their team's data literacy? So what's so important about data literacy? Yeah, so great, great question to start. We could we could spend the whole hour talking just probably about that one, but let me give you an analogy uh, to to that. I think it will really help. So imagine I teach you Microsoft Word, and I make you an expert in Microsoft Word. You know every feature and function, but I don't teach you anything about language and how to write, how to make a sentence. Microsoft Word won't really be very helpful to you. And that's exactly what happens in the world that we're living in today, is mostly that a company takes some piece of software, even this has been happening for 30 years when Excel and early spreadsheets and PowerPoint and all the iterations of that all the way through things like Tableau and Click and Power BI now, they teach people how to use the software, but they don't teach them anything about the language of visualization and the the literacy aspect of reading and writing with data and visuals. And so it's very chaotic. Uh, Everybody does the work in a very different way, and so it's very difficult for companies to really get the value out of the data because they haven't set up the fundamentals. All right, excellent. Thank you so much for outlining the importance of really having the data literacy in place. Now, let's talk about failures. It's kind of funny that I have failures as the second question, but it is actually very important to understand. So why do companies fail to become more data informed? And why do they fail to make data literacy one of the key aspects of their culture? So if you could just continue from the first question. Yeah. Part of it is just, I think, what happens in a lot of companies in general, which is there's just not a lot of effort put behind training, Uh, certainly not to the level that needs to happen 
with something like data literacy or changing the data culture. Uh, think about what most companies do. They Maybe they let you take some kind of training online, or maybe you go to a conference once a year for a day or two. That's not enough to build data literacy as a, as a competency in a company. You can't do it by sending somebody to a class for a day or two. It's something that has to become part of how the company works. And that's a big effort. And until somebody at the company is responsible for that kind of, of thinking and that kind of investment, it's very difficult. And you have to get everybody involved with it too, right? It's not two people who can learn to be good at data literacy. Uh, everybody in the company needs some level of, of skill at that at this point because everybody is touching data. All right, that makes a lot of sense. And I really like how you mentioned that the core problem is really that the companies are not spending enough time really coaching their employees and they're not spending enough time involving them into all the aspects of data literacy. So one or two day conference is definitely not enough. So here comes the question of how can a company actually integrate data literacy into their culture. So can you please talk more about the framework that you have? So what is the design to act framework? What are the key ideas here? And how does this framework help tackle the problem of stakeholders being maybe not so involved? Yeah, so it's it's kind of, I think, interesting how, how it came about. I had this thought didn't happen to me all at once, but I think it was forming over a long time working in analytics and visualization and my personal frustration. And I kept hearing this phrase, data is strategic. It's very common today. But I asked myself the question, what does that really mean? Because it was just something people said, you know, oh, data is important. Data is the new oil. You could put any similar phrase behind it. And when I thought about what does data is strategic mean, it occurred to me that there are other strategic functions in a company. There's finance and marketing and IT, HR. Every strategic function in the company actually has a way that they do the work. There's some kind of framework or process Right. Finance has balance sheets and income statements, and IT has agile and software development lifecycle, and, and you could go for, for everybody. But in the work of data visualization or analytics, uh, building data stories, there was no framework, there was no process, and that's why there was so much inconsistency in how companies approached it. Again, it was just give somebody a tool and let them do whatever they want. And that's really tough on somebody because how would they know how to do something? If they've never been taught one of those frameworks, they're just going to do what they think is best, which we've seen in most cases gets really messy. And so once I had that idea, I spent a lot of time thinking about what should that framework be and how could I take all the different things that I've been involved with over the years, marketing, software, product management, data visualization, analytics, and combine them into something that people could follow pretty easily. 
And that's where Design to Act was born. And the other twist on it, it's based on thinking about your work as a product. And why that's important is that most people today who are working in this area, they may have an assignment, a project, and it's to develop a report or a dashboard or a data story. And when they finish it, they publish it to some kind of server, they send out a link, they say, here it is, and then they most of the time go on to their next project. The problem is you never really know then what happens. Did that report or dashboard do its job? Did it help somebody ultimately make a decision or take an action? And that's really the only reason you should be doing the project. You shouldn't be doing the project just to show a bunch of numbers that people might look at and then not do anything about it. That's really a waste of time. So when you think about it as a product, uh, just like when you build a product, right? You, you're a software company. You don't just build software and, and hope that people find it and know how to use it. And right, you market it, you educate people, you, you do all kinds of things to make sure that it's successful. And then you also want to find out that it's successful. Are your customers using it the way it's intended? Is it helping them do the things they want to do? And so that's the gist of the framework that you need one. And I explained why, because it's data strategic. And then also this idea that it's based on a product model. All right, excellent. So you mentioned that your framework includes the elements of marketing, product, maybe a little bit of IT and many other different aspects, which is awesome in my opinion, because it helps people get a very holistic view on how they can approach data literacy. So you're kind of looking at the topic from a variety of different angles. But let's break it down into concrete steps now. So you've mentioned that everybody needs to adopt a product mindset in one way or the other to treat data and data literacy as if it was a product so that the dashboard would encourage people to take action. So what's the very, very first step when companies start to apply this framework? And how does it look like in practice? Do you start with some sessions? Do you ask people to think about the goals their dashboard could have? What's the very, very first step? You know, the, the thing that we tend to work on with clients first is giving them a grounding in the ability to just write visually. And it has nothing to do with technology. Uh, think about when you, I'll go back to Microsoft Word. If you want to write in Word or Google Docs, uh, you still use the same skills as if you were to pick up a pen and write on paper. And so we want to equip people that way because it doesn't matter what application they use, we still want them to have the same foundation and we want it to be consistent across a team. So we want everybody to learn those same skills. So we call that, when you think about literacy, we call that grammar. And it's really understanding just the basics of visualization and how people process that information and when you understand that, and we don't get into a lot of technical jargon and we just break it down to some real simple, very practical things people can do. We don't think they need to understand the brain, which is like, this is how it is. This is the rule, right? When you learn a language, they don't really get into the details of it. They just say, here it is and just do it. And so 
we take that same very practical approach. And that gives them the starting point so that when they're actually using whatever software they are using, whether it's, say, PowerPoint or Tableau, Excel, now they actually understand what, what that means to the person who's viewing it and how it's going to be processed. And that way they can make the best choices from there, not just pick a chart. Because a lot of things you see are people saying, I'm going to pick a whole chart to represent this idea. And rather, you should understand how to actually build that chart. So it's kind of like knowing your your letters and your words and your sentences and making a paragraph out of it. You don't just pick a paragraph, right, and say, here's a whole paragraph for my idea. You kind of build it up. And so we want people to have that same skill of just understanding the, the basics. And we try to, again, keep it just to a few points because we don't want it to be so overwhelming. I know for myself, when I started learning a language, they hit you with so many details about how to make 27 versions of a verb. You you lose sight of the fact of what the, the verb really is and, and you can't get conversational. And we, we want to avoid that kind of a problem and just give people some very simple things that can get them started, kind of like 80-20, right? We'll give you the 20% that helps you with 80% of what you need to do on the job. Right. I think this is a very smart approach. And I definitely do agree with maybe not overwhelming the team with too much information and rather giving them actionable tools to start building these dashboards, visualizing this data. So my next question here is, how can you ensure that um, the team has enough skills to move to the second stage, to the next step of your framework? And then what does this step look like? So after everyone is coached and they know the basics of data literacy, how can they actually start using these skills in practice? Yeah, actually, that's what we do is we force them to use them. And the w- one of the things I built into the, the program was thinking about my own experiences going to any kind of training or a conference and learning a lot of really great information and being very kind of pumped up to go back and, and do something. And then I would sit down at my desk and I wouldn't know what to do. So it all sounded great, but then I didn't really know how to start once I was back on the job. And so we force people, when I say force, <laughs> we put them in a position in the in in when they're learning this to actually practice it in a safe environment, right? There's no stakes here. They're they're just learning among peers. And we want them to really try it out because again, they'll sit there and nod their heads and go, oh, this is easy to do. And then when they try to do it, they may really get stuck. And so we want to give them that jump start where they can apply it. And we do it in a way that they're not just sitting there doing it on their own. We try to get them up, do role-playing, presenting their work so they can really get the feel for it and kind of work out the kinks, get rid of that maybe the jitters they might have about it so that when they face it on the job, they don't get nervous and just go back to their old behavior because that's what everybody does, right? Myself included. When you're trying something new, 
if you don't really have the confidence in it, typically you just go back to what you're comfortable with, even if you know it's not the right thing. You, you, you just can't help it because we're human. And so we want to help people get off to a good start that way. So that's always critical is just keeping the practicing going uh, throughout the whole experience, no matter what level you're at. All right. Yes, that does make a lot of sense. And uh, another question I had here was, how does the team collaboration look at this point? So if you are to roll out this training, these training sessions to a larger group of people, do you involve people from multiple departments, say sales and marketing, for example, which might have quite different data needs? Or do you tackle this problem sort of case by case? So first you approach the marketing department and help them acquire data literacy within the context of the marketing data. And then you move on to sales and then you ask these group of people um, what their goals are and how could they become more data, how could they improve their data literacy within their specific context. So how does this team collaboration and team-based approach look like? Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting question because I, I hate to say it depends, but it depends. And, and here's why. It, it's really up to how, the, how each organization is set up because some companies have a centralized group that might be responsible for doing analytics, right? And so every other group in the company goes to them. And so it's important that that group really build their skills up in this space so that they can support their organization. Uh, Others might be mixed where maybe everybody, let's say it's a marketing group. So the marketing group might have their own dedicated analysts So in that case, it might make more sense to actually bring in, uh, maybe not for the entire program, but for parts of the program, bring in their customers in marketing. Because it's equally important that the customer understands what's going on in terms of changing the process. Because if you and I, let's say, are used to working together in a certain way, and one day I come in and I just start having a completely different kind of conversation with you, you're going to be wondering what's going on. Uh, And you, you might be more resistant to that because you're not comfortable with it, even though I am now. And so if we can bring people along that way, it's, it's really good. Uh, And we even, even if we didn't have that kind of a mix in the, when we're actually going through the programs, we would teach the analysts, or whoever's you know in the program, help on how to have that kind of a conversation with somebody. So how can you introduce it to your customers that you're working with internally, or maybe an ex- it's an external customer, but they're still a customer. Uh, how do you introduce this to them so that they're not surprised, or that they 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 at least understand that you're changing something and that you're going to be asking them to go along with you and see how it works out. And then you can talk about it afterwards so that they don't just immediately say, no, I don't want to do it that way. I just want to do it how we've always done it, right? Because we'll never make any progress that way, right? And and we all know that we're getting inundated with data and, and lack of skills. And so the more we resist in the organization, 
the further we're going to fall behind in, in really being competitive in this space. So there's a lot of cultural issues that we have to tackle along the way. It's not just blocking and tackling of teaching people how to do visualization better or how to organize it into a story. We have to really teach them these other kind of soft, softer skills that uh, would, would definitely be overlooked when you're just learning how to use a, a tool in, in that kind of very technical, straightforward training. All right. I really, really like this detailed answer. And I also do agree that a combination of hard skills and soft skills is very, very important. Now, you've already partially answered my next question, but maybe you could elaborate a little bit further. So the team has adopted your framework. You've trained them on how they can actually use data in their day-to-day life. The communication is set up. And when it's time for your team to finish the coaching sessions and when the program comes to an end, how can you make sure that the practices that people learn throughout this course or, or training really stick within the organization. So you've mentioned data literacy being a very important part of a company's culture. So what are things companies could consider to make sure they really implement these data literacy programs well in a way that everybody, even subconsciously, thinks about data when they're making their data decisions after the program is finished? Yeah. Absolutely important to me in the design of the way we work with our customers, because just like I mentioned, that we want them to understand if their work is being successful, I want to make sure that their work with me is being successful and implemented. So uh, there's there's different ways that clients do it, but uh, typically what we do is is continue after we've finished the kind of core learning is make sure that everybody's doing a project. So it's almost like entry to being in the course. So if you're you're getting sponsored into this at, at your company, you come in with a project to work on from the beginning. And so you continue to work on that project uh, throughout and actually launch your product. Right. I said it's a product, so eventually you have a product launch. And after the launch, you then still have work to do. Like we said, you have training, you have education, and then you actually want to find out, is it performing the way that you had intended? So if I built a product for you that was supposed to help you make some kind of, say, um, sales allocation decisions for your your sales teams, where where you wanted people to be spending their time. Uh, in the end, I'd like to find out if that really happened. So we really go all the way through to the end with somebody. And so there's continuous coaching. Uh, there are some things where the teams come back together to do recaps and kind of evaluate where they're at. And also, there's typically a sponsor for this. And so that person inside the company is watching, right? They have an expectation that they just put you through this pretty intense uh, skill set training, and they want to know that you're doing it right. It's it, it's not just to go again. You go to a conference, 
nobody really follows up with you and says, you know, what'd you learn? And sometimes you have to give some little readout, but typically it's, you just go and you come back and do your job and that's it. You keep going, uh, here, that person really wants to know because it's an important part of their strategy that that group of people needs to have this new set of skills and needs to put them into action. So there's a lot of different pieces where we keep working with an organization to make sure that everybody's really getting the most out of it. At some point, they're going to be on their own, right? I, I'm not going to be there to hold their hands forever, but you want to get them off to enough point where they see that there's value in it. And once somebody sees that there's value in anything, they're going to, they should keep doing it. I won't say they always will, but the generally people keep doing something if they see how it helps them do their job better and makes them, makes them more successful as well. All right. These are very, very good tips. Thank you so much for sharing. And now if the audience would love to learn more about you, and I'm pretty sure they will, where can they learn more? Well, the easiest way is to just go to decisionviz.com and they can pick up some information about the framework we just talked about. It has some more explanations about that. And there's other good resources out there, some ebooks and videos with some conversations with other industry folks that uh, have some good views on this as well. Excellently. Thank you so much for coming in the show. Thanks so much, Anna. It was great. And that's the end of today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Before you go, make sure to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. If you'd like to kickstart your marketing analytics, check out the 14-day free trial at supermetrics.com. See you on the next episode of the Marketing Analytics Show.